You said 51, what, 49? What you said? No. We're in Jeremiah 51, that's for sure. No. Or 45, it might 45. It was 45. Okay. Jeremiah 51, 45. Now, get back in mind Jeremiah for a minute. You know, it's kind of like, well, switching uh, globally. But uh, this section of Jeremiah is at the end of Jeremiah, obviously, and it's his prophecies against the nations. And uh, like a lot of the major prophets, some of the minor prophets, God has an oracle for each of the nations and what God was going to do to them and against them. And uh, this has been 46 to 51, but a decent chunk are these two really long chapters, uh, 50 and 51 against Babylon. Now, in Jeremiah's context, Babylon destroyed Judah. And then Babylon, the instrument of God's vengeance, is destroyed. So that's the context of this. God brings his weapon down to destruction and defeat. And there's nothing they're going to be able to do about it. He uh, says in 44, I will punish Bel in Babylon, Babylon's God. And even the wall of Babylon has fallen down. Babylon's defenses are useless. I mean, you think about the two things that Babylon would have trusted in. Their God and their wall. God defeats them both. So that's, that's the, the immediate context for this. So, 45 to 48. Jeremiah 51, 45 to 48. My people, go ye out of the midst of her, and deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. And lest your heart faint, and ye fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land, a rumor shall both come one year, and after that in another year shall come a rumor, and violence in the land, ruler against ruler. Therefore, behold, the days come, that I will do judgment upon the graven images of Babylon, and her whole land shall be confounded, and all her slain shall fall in the midst of her. Then the heaven and the earth, and all that is therein, shall sing for Babylon, for the spoilers shall come unto her from the north, saith the Lord. Okay, so, what's the exhortation to God's people? Get out of town. You don't want to be in Babylon when God brings Babylon down. You know, that would be a uh, dangerous thing. You know, it's kind of like our popular, uh, almost mythology, you know, I get away from somebody when they tell a lie, afraid lightning can strike them or whatever. Well, this is the reality. God's going to bring Babylon down. His people need to get away from them. Uh, and uh, because the fierce anger of the Lord is coming against Babylon, uh, there's going to be uh, these days of destruction when God would punish the idols of Babylon. So often you see in God bringing nations down, it's a God versus God thing. God is showing that their gods are not able to resist him. Uh, They would be slain and destroyed. And when Babylon comes down, the cosmos rejoices. You know, Babylon's destruction, being as how Babylon was really bad, you know, they bring Babylon down and a great joy. The destroyers will come to her from the north. It's interesting that Babylon, who was the great enemy of the north, is destroyed by destroyers from the north. They get a taste of their own medicine, <coughs> so to speak. Thoughts and comments through 48. 
Monica. As was mentioned earlier, when God shows that He's greater than the gods that they've worshipped, that's a blessing. That's a that's a mercy. It is. Chris. Revelation talks about is it using is it it says the same type of thing coming out and it wasn't in reference to Babylon. Is it referring to this again? Yeah, I, I don't know if necessarily it's this verse. There's some other verses also that are like it, but yes, it's that same idea uh, of fleeing from Babylon so that you are not destroyed in the fallout. Okay, so it's using the same concept, yes, not necessarily is. referring to this, but using the exact same imagery. Yeah, and, uh, there's several verses that say similar things, but, but yes, I think it is the same idea. But it also had the rejoicing too of the fall of, of Babylon. Good point, yeah. Good point, yeah, you do. So you've got a similar thing in that as well. I mean, it's a great relief, you know, when God's hammer is destroyed. Sarah, you look puzzled. I just that made me think of Matthew twenty-five. Is that there a yeah? Those who are in Judah must flee to the mountains. Matthew twenty-four, huh? Yeah, twenty-four. Flee, flee, flee. Again, the same idea. You flee the coming judgment to save yourselves, and God has given you that opportunity to flee that. You really have that in a lot of passages when you start thinking about it. Come out from among them and be separate. The idea of Second Corinthians 6. You know, we've got to get away from uh, the wicked practices and, and all of that and, and put a line of separation. What, what, did Lot, what did Lot have to do? You know, you've just got a lot of those, you know, uh, ideas of, of getting away from and not being involved in. You know, be an accomplice. You know, there are times when it may not be a very good idea to uh, be riding with a thief. You know, uh, what if he happens to stop and rob a bank while you're in the car? You know, things like that. Uh, you know, you kind of want to watch the company you keep. You get in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. Uh, don't be surprised at what might happen. So spiritually, we need to keep ourselves pure and not involved in wicked behaviors with wicked people. Other comments or thoughts? All right, how about 49 to 58? Indeed, Babylon is to fall for the slain of Israel, as also for Babylon the slain of the earth have fallen. You who have escaped the sword, depart. Do not stay. Remember the Lord from afar and let Jerusalem come to your mind. We are ashamed because we have heard reproach. His grace has covered our faces. For aliens have entered the holy places of the Lord. How far did you say? Uh, 58. The sound of an outcry. Behold. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish her idols, and the mortally wounded will groan throughout her land. Though Babylon should ascend to the heavens, and though she should fortify her lofty stronghold, from me destroyers will come to her, declares the Lord. The sound of an outcry from Babylon, and of great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans. For the Lord is going to destroy Babylon, and he will make her loud noise vanish from her. And her waves will roar like many waters, the tumult of their voices sounds forth. For the destroyer is coming against her, against Babylon. And her mighty men will be captured. Their bows are shattered, for the Lord is a God of recompense. He will fully repay. I will make her princes and her wise men drunk, her governors, her perfects, and her mighty men. 
that they may sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake up, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the broad wall of Babylon will be completely raised, and her high gates will be set on fire, so the peoples will toil for nothing, and the nations become exhausted only for fire. Alright, so Babylon is falling. Uh, don't get close to her. Don't, don't stay around her. Depart. Do not stay. Remember what they did to Jerusalem. You know, God had used Babylon to devastate his city, his people, and even his sanctuary. Aliens have entered the holy places of the Lord's house. That was such a disgrace. You know, Babylon entering in and destroying God's sanctuary was just a, a great reproach. And while that was necessary, it was not um, something that the Babylonians uh, should have done. They didn't do it as servants of God. They did it with their own arrogance. And so God was going to bring them down. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish your idols. God is going to bring Babylon and her gods down. Verse 53, though Babylon should ascend to the heavens, I'm going to bring her down. Does that remind you of anything? Babylon ascending mm-hmm. to the heavens? The Tower of Babel, to which uh, it gave the name Babylon. Even though it tries to reach up to heaven, God will bring her down. There's the sound of the outcry from Babylon, great destruction of the land of the Chaldeans. God is going to destroy Babylon. He's going to, uh, you know, silence Babylon. Uh, the destroyer is coming against Babylon. Her mighty men captured. The bow shattered. God's a God of recompense. He'll repay. He's going to make her drunk and sleep. A perpetual sleep. She's going to go to sleep and not wake up, declares the king. God is the one in charge. God can decree the defeat of the great empire Babylon. And he does. They're, they're going into a coma from which they will not wake up. Notice the broad wall in verse 58 of Babylon will be completely raised. That's R-A-Z-E-D, not R-A-I-S-E-D. Totally wiped out, torn down. Her high gates will be set on fire. Now, the great wall of Babylon was something to behold. It was no ordinary city wall. They tell me that the great wall of Babylon surrounded an area of about 200 square miles. That four chariots could ride abreast on top of the Great Wall of Babylon, that there were actually two walls. The outer one was 12 foot thick, the inner one was 21 feet thick, and there was a 23 foot gap in between them. You couldn't penetrate the Wall of Babylon. The Wall of Babylon made Babylon totally... Uh, protected, uh, you know, it's just like you can't sink, sink a ship like the Titanic. You cannot penetrate the defenses of a walled city with a wall like Babylon's. And, uh, well, God always proves those things are untrue. You know, you want to bring down God's wrath, just claim he can't handle you. You know, that'll, that'll do it. So, God takes the strongest things Babylon had and, and tears them up. And uh, he, he brings Babylon down. Babylon was used by God. Babylon was powerful. But Babylon had an end decreed by the Lord. Thoughts and comments on the fall of Babylon through verse 58. Okay. <laughs> then 59 to 64. I can read it. Read 
The word which Jeremiah the prophet commanded Sariah, the son of Neriah, the son of Messiah, when he went with Zedekiah, the king of Judah, into Babylon, in the fourth year of his reign. And thus Sariah was a quiet prince. So Jeremiah wrote in a book all the evil that should come upon Babylon, even all these words that are written against Babylon. And Jeremiah said to Sariah, When thou comest to Babylon, and shalt see, and shalt read all these words, then shalt thou say, O Lord, thou hast spoken against this place, to cut it off, that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, but that it shall be desolate forever. And it shall be, when thou hast made an end of reading this book, that thou shalt bind a stone to it, and cast it in the midst of Euphrates. And thou shalt say, Thus shall Babylon sink, and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her. And they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. Alright, so Jeremiah commands Sariah uh, to take this scroll he is writing. Now, according to Jeremiah chapter 32, uh, verse 12, uh, you have, uh, um, I gave the deed of purchase to Baruch, uh, the son of Neriah, the son of Messiah, etc. It may well be that this uh, Sariah is the brother of Baruch. Both of them are the son of Neriah the grandson of Messiah, and we're assuming there weren't a whole lot of people with the, both father and grandfather with the same name. So probably here, this is Baruch's brother. Remember, Baruch is like, you know, Jeremiah's right-hand man, his secretary, and, and you know, kind of uh, serves uh, Jeremiah. So he commands, evidently, uh, Baruch's brother, um, to take this scroll that he's written, all the stuff that's going to happen against Babylon. And, uh, and he says that God's going to cut him off, it'll be a perpetual desolation. And then he's to take the scroll that has all these uh, judgment prophecies against Babylon and tie a stone to it and throw it into the Euphrates River. That's what will happen to it. Sink. Just like Babylon. Yeah, this becomes kind of a visual image of the destiny of Babylon. Whoom, straight down to the bottom. Um, it's remarkable that when you stop and think about it, Jeremiah is predicting the downfall of Babylon at the very same time he's telling the people to submit to Babylon and to surrender to Babylon. You know, Jeremiah understands all of those things. The, the immediate Submit to Babylon and let them take you captive. The long-term, Babylon itself was going to be destroyed by the Lord. Comments and questions? Mike? Would there be any application to us with our respect to authorities that are above us? For example, would it be American government where we are to submit to uh, the governing bodies above us, but our allegiance is not to them? Certainly. And sometimes we know they will come under God's judgments for what they do. Can you imagine in Romans 13, Paul advising submission to the governing authorities? When Paul writes Romans, I think we're talking about Nero as the emperor. Uh, He was not a particularly uh, great guy. But they were still to be subject. Will God judge Nero? Of course. Will he judge the Roman Empire? Yes. 
Should we submit? Yes. Let God take care of the judgment. We do what he tells us. So yes, I think that's a good point. Even God, you know, Paul told him in Romans 13 to pay taxes. Now, the Roman government is going to use the taxes for some bad stuff, but they still look good to pay the taxes. And even to honor the king. Yes. Yes. We have to show the proper, um, you know, respect and etiquette. And you remember uh, how uh, sometimes in the Old Testament it'll be, uh, you know, may the king live forever and then, you know, whatever you're going to say. Because that's what you said to the king. You know, kind of like saying, sir. <laughs> you know, you're saying, may the king live forever. And, uh, you know, uh, so they would, they would give the proper respect, the proper deference uh, to the ruling officials and, and, and do what they were supposed to do toward them, even though they knew that in the end, God was going to destroy them and, and judge them. Yeah. Those actual words, may the king live forever, come, I think they're from 1 Kings 8, when the Zadok, the priest, and Nathan, the prophet, are anointing Solomon king, and all people are rejoicing. Those words have been sung in every British coronation since 1727 to this day. That, that's a, a, a handle piece based on that passage. Okay, didn't know that, but that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice thing to say about your king. <laughs> Even if you're telling him, okay, live forever, your kingdom will end tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's, a, that's right. So, so that's not just an Old Testament thing. Right. Yeah, very good. Good thoughts. Other thoughts? Well, did you notice the end of Jeremiah 51? Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. In other words... This is the end of the words of Jeremiah. Did you notice the beginning of Jeremiah? The words of Jeremiah. So we begin with the words of Jeremiah, and we end with the words of Jeremiah. And this is the end of Jeremiah's words. Now, we've got another chapter. That's another matter. Not Jeremiah's words. So, the end of Jeremiah's words is the end of chapter 51. Uh, That's the book. Now, what you've got in chapter 52 is what I would consider...